Isn't it awesome to come together as fellow brothers and sisters in Christ and to worship Him? You know, one day, every tribe, every tongue, and every nation is going to be worshiping Him just like we have, singing His praises, singing that He reigns. seems to me we need to do this more often. We might just need to get together and just have a praise and worship time. You know, it, it's, it's just awesome when we can worship Him. And recognize that what we're experiencing this morning is what we're going to get to experience every moment for the rest of eternity in heaven with God. Every tribe, every tongue, and every nation. You've heard me say before that normally on Sunday mornings is uh, during the worship hour is the most segregated time in this nation. Sure not to be that way. Let's get together and worship him. We've been studying the book of Nehemiah, and if we've been looking into the book of Nehemiah, uh, we've seen so many great things about a man that was committed to God and God's will and God's way. You know, we see that as he understood what was taking place in the walls of Jerusalem with the walls down, that God's people uh, were in peril to the enemy, that the enemy was, is just as real today, as Pastor Joe has said, as he was then. And he's so slick in the way that he goes about attacking God's people. But Nehemiah knew that the wall was more about the wall than being down. You know, oftentimes we think in the church that we've got to protect God's people. And yes, we do. But we don't need to build walls that keep us from the world. We need to build walls of protection that the wall really is God and his word. Understanding God's word well enough so that when we're in the world, we understand the difference of the world and God's way. We understand the difference between the world's way and God's will. And we as the church can be the church because the, the walls that have built up around our hearts are the walls of God's word. God's word is hidden in our heart and therefore protects our heart. Nehemiah understood that the rebuilding of the wall was far more about the glory of God being restored than it was the protection of the people from God's enemies. And so I want to encourage us. That, you know, even in the midst of an election that's taking place Tuesday, and I thank Kenny for his words and want to encourage that every person that is a registered voter, you need to vote. We need to be a part of, you know, putting somebody in office that's best going to represent God's word. It's, it's sad to me that 40% of evangelicals get out and vote. That's just ridiculous. But you know what's even worse? That God's church has little to no impact on the community that it's in. If God's people would step up and do God's will, God's way, we would have an impact on the cultures that we are in. And not, not just the cultures that we come from, but the cultures that God puts us in to serve. And that impact wouldn't just be in our communities, that impact would be worldwide. I've said this before, that we live in a place here in Williamsburg that people come from all around this country and all around the globe to visit the history that is right here in our soil. And we have an opportunity every week as people who are visiting our town to come in to influence them with God's word as they go back to wherever it is that they are. It is a special place of land that God has blessed us as a local body of believers to have a great influence both in this state and beyond. But I'm telling you what, if we would get together with God's will, doing it God's way, we would have an impact that is far greater than we could ever have individually. One of the campaign slogans is, we're better together. You know what? We are better together than we are apart. The other is, make America great again. But let me just tell you this. One person isn't going to make America great again. One person isn't going to be able to get us together again. You know what is? God's word. 
the state of America is what it is because God's people aren't doing God's will God's way, even within the church. And if we want to be great again, we need to get back to the biblical basis, the basics of what God says in his word. So I just want to give us a few things very quickly this morning. If you want to be great again, if we want to be great again as a church, as a nation, we've got to remember a few things. The first is we need to remember the king. Not a king, not a president. We need to remember the king, the king of kings and the Lord of lords being Jesus Christ. That there is no other king. He is the Amal Alpha. He is the Omega. He is the beginning and the end. He is the counselor. He is the healer. He is the creator of all. When he spoke, all things came into being. If we want to be great again as a church, if we want to be great again as a nation, we need to remember the king of kings. Nehemiah understood who God was. Nehemiah understood that it wasn't about the rebuilding of the walls. It was about the restoring of God's glory. If we would understand the same things and we would apply that in our lives, that everything we did was for the glory of God. It was for about being a testimony of God's grace and God's glory. Then, hey, guess what would happen? We would become the people that God has created us to be. You know, and God would do things in us through the power of his spirit and his word that we could never do in and of ourselves. And if we would be the church and be those beings that God created us to be, the influence that we'd have on this town would be phenomenal. And the influence of the people that come through this town and the influence that they could be would be far-reaching, far more than what a local church could do. But if we're going to become great again, we need to remember the king. But the second thing, and I apologize for going quickly, the second thing that we need to remember is his authority. It doesn't have to do with the authority of a government, the authority of a president, the authority of a king. It has to do with his authority. Jesus said in Matthew 28, verse 18, the beginning of one of the verses that we call the Great Commission passage, he says this, all authority, not some authority, he says all authority on, in heaven and on earth has been given to me. It's about his authority, and we need to remember it's about his authority. It's not about our authority. It's not my, about my authority or Joe's authority as a pastor, because we are, under the, uh, uh, we are under shepherds, under the shepherd, under the king. So is every other person who is in power on earth. They're under his authority. We need to remember that. We need to remember that it's all about him. It's about his authority. If we are going to become great as individuals, we need to come under his authority, recognizing that every gift that we have, every possession that we have, he has allowed. We are under his authority. And when you look at any nation that has abused that, eventually they fall. Look at any individual who abuses that and forgets that it's about his authority and his kingdom. They're miserable. But when you do God's will, God's way, God always blesses. And there's an abundance. Even in a third world country, there's an abundance that comes from following the King of kings and the Lord of lords, submitting to his authority. We see, we have a problem, don't we? The problem is sin. The sin that so easily entangles and makes us think about it's all about our kingdom. It's about my authority. You look in your life and you look at when you've tried to establish your kingdom and your authority, how that worked for you? Not so good. Maybe for a short while. And something happens. You lose some of it. And we hold it with tight fists. And we get mad at who? We get mad at God. 
or trying to protect our own kingdom, asserting our authority. And it never goes well, but when we submit to his kingdom and his authority, it always goes well. It's amazing. But we often forget one other key thing, that this world is not our home. And we remember that, that this world is not our home, that we were created for something far greater, that we're only here for a short time. And then we get to go on to glory if we have a relationship with Jesus Christ to what we are really created for. You see, God didn't create us to establish our kingdoms, to, to do well in what we do. God created us for intimate relationship with the King of kings and the Lord of lords, to have an intimate relationship with God himself through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. That's what you were created for. That's the greatness that we were made for that's in within all of us. And the only way you're going to become great is to remember it's about the king of kings, to remember it's about his authority, to remember that we weren't created to be here. But you think about what our world has taught us. What we've adopted, really, especially in the America. It's about stuff. It's about your kingdom. It's about what you live in and what you drive. That's being somebody. No, it's not. We need to remember it's about his kingdom. It's about his will, his way. You know, in, in Romans chapter 5, we see the problem that I talked about a little bit earlier, you know, that it, sin entered the world. In Romans 5 verse 12, it tells us sin entered the world through one man, Adam, not one woman, but one man. Sin entered the world, and then through sin, death. And that death has separated us from this relationship with God. We, we understand that. We understand the, the results of sin. We, we get that if we've grown up in church. But see, the reality is that sin has so distorted our minds that we, we, we have bought into the fact that we need to establish our kingdoms, our homes, our, our, our identity comes in what we do, especially as men, or, or it comes in our family as women and the, the children that we raise. You know what? It doesn't. Your identity comes from who created you, who gifted you with the talents that you have. Your identity will genuinely come in submitting to his will, his way, his authority, his kingdom, and then using those things to influence what he's blessed you with. Then when we seek to glorify God in all we do, yes, you might become successful in whatever it is that you do, you become successful as you glorify him and he gives you more influence over people and places and things as you give him glory and you do his will and his way jesus said this you know and we often forget this in john 17 he said you know i have given them your word we, we have his word right and let me just say this this is the most important thing for you. This is the most important thing you could do every day is to read the Bible and to obey it and apply it to your life. God has given us this, this word. And, and if you have accepted Jesus Christ, this is what Jesus said, the world has hated you because he hated him first. And he says, just as he, Jesus, is, is not of this world, we are not of this world. And he prays to God and he says, don't take them out of the world, don't remove them from the world, but protect them from the evil one. We are not of this world. Jesus' prayer is that God would sanctify us with the truth, sanctify us with his word. And, and he says this, just as you have sent me into the world, so I send them. 
We need to understand that we are here you know, because God has placed us here. He has given us his word so that our lives can be transformed because of the gospel of Jesus Christ, because of the shed blood of Jesus Christ. But he's given us a message. He's given us something that is far greater than just life on earth. In, in 2 Corinthians, he says this. He says, all this is from God through his son, Jesus Christ, who has reconciled us to himself. We like that part. We, we love the fact that we can be reconciled into right standing with God because of the shed blood of Jesus Christ. But here's what we forget. And here's the only way this country is going to become great again, that we're going to become great again as churches, is that if we would fulfill this verse. And it says this, that Christ has reconciled to us himself. This is 2 Corinthians 5, 18 through 21. And he has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God who reconciled the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them. We love that part, that God doesn't count our trespasses against us, but he's entrusted to us. Those of us who have a relationship with Jesus Christ, he's entrusted to us the ministry of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. We're ambassadors. God making his appeal through us. As we've said before, God has no plan B. His plan is for us to be his ambassadors. He makes his appeal to others through us. He gives us the gospel so that we can give it to others. This is what the word of God says. We implore you on behalf of Christ be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him who had no sin so that we in him might become the righteousness of God. The only way we're going to become great again, the only way this country is going to become great again is if we receive that ambassadorship to become those reconciled agents, to reconcile lost people to Jesus. The only way this country becomes great again is for people to come to faith in Jesus Christ. The only way that our community becomes great again is for people to come in faith in Jesus Christ and that we raise up leaders by discipling them, multiplying disciples with the life-transforming gospel of Jesus Christ. Do you believe that it's a life-transforming gospel? Well, then we need to be ambassadors. We need to tell people about that gospel so that their lives can be transformed. But see, here's the problem. Because of the problem of sin, our minds have been distorted. And people who do evil things, we kind of want them to have the consequences of sin, don't we? The reality is, if you're not being an ambassador of Jesus Christ, sharing the good news, that that's kind of what you want people to have. Death. Hell. Judgment. We whine and complain about our country, but we really do nothing. We don't vote, and we're not ambassadors for Jesus Christ. The only way we become great again, the only way a church becomes the church that God has created us to be is to become ambassadors for Jesus Christ. And there's one more thing that we need to remember, and it's very simple, really. The problems of the world need one thing, Jesus. The political problems of this nation need one thing, Jesus. The problems that you face in your life, whether it's a self-identity issue, you need more of Jesus. The problems you face in your marriages or your relationship or at work is that people need more of Jesus. 
We need more of Jesus. If we would just understand that every problem, the answer to that problem is more of Jesus. They need more of the Word. We need to immerse ourselves in the Word and the obedience to God's Word. And, and every issue that we need a solution to is found within this book, God's Word. We need more of Jesus. The only way we're going to become great again is that we give people more of Jesus. If we recognize that God has called us to love one another, the first greatest commandment is to love God with all your heart, soul, and strength, right? And then what do you say after that? To love your neighbor as yourself. How do you love your neighbor? You become a reconciler of God's grace. You become an ambassador with the ministry of reconciliation. The only thing in life that solves issues is more of Jesus. If we're going to become the church that we need to become, we need to, if we're going to be a church that fulfills the Great Commission, we need to do the rest. The first part is all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to Jesus. All authority. Here's what he says next. Go, therefore, as ambassadors of his ministry of reconciliation, go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, not just people that look like you. Make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that Jesus commanded us. Do you want to be great? I think all of us want to be great. The only way to become great, the only way for this nation to become great again is for us as the church to be the church and to be ambassadors of the ministry of reconciliation. One day, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. But for many, it'll be too late. There is no plan B. His only plan is for us as believers in Jesus Christ to be ministers of reconciliation. As we come to our time of conclusion today, before we have a great time of fellowship as believers in Jesus Christ, I want to ask you, are you willing to be an ambassador? Are you willing to be that minister of reconciliation? And before your mind starts throwing in all kind of objections and I don't know what, just, just, just answer the first question. Are you willing to be an ambassador? You don't have to know the rest yet, but it starts with an obedient heart that I am willing to be an ambassador for Jesus Christ. I don't need to know what that means. I don't need to know the rest of it, but are you willing to say, God, I want to be an ambassador just preaching the ministry of reconciliation? We'll teach you the rest, but I can't teach you how to be willing. That's a submission of your will. As we come to this time of invitation, I'm going to ask that you make that commitment known to God. Whether you come to the altar, there's nothing special about this, but to me, there's always been something special that my feet acted in obedience as I made a declaration before God that I am willing to submit my kingdom to yours. I'm willing to submit my authority to your authority because you are the king of kings and I'm willing and I desire to be a to be your ambassador. So that anybody that you bring my way I can share the ministry of reconciliation. Are you willing?
for God to use you, use your skill sets, use your sphere of influence to be a minister of reconciliation so that we can become the church we can be, so that we can have influence on the culture that we live in, and we can see culture transformed by the only thing that has the power, Jesus. If so, I'm going to ask that you respond to God and his word and let God do miraculous things through you. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the privilege it is for us today to worship you from those that you brought to faith in you from this country, those you brought to faith in you that were born in Liberia. Lord, thank you for the experience that we have today to a little bit of what will be in heaven that every tribe, every tongue, every nation. God, I thank you for what you're doing through this body. I thank you through what you're doing through the Tabernacle of Praise Ministries. Lord, I thank you for what you're doing in, in like-minded churches all across this world. God, we pray that you would help us to do your will, your way, and give you glory. And God, as we go forth, and God, help us to be ministers of reconciliation. Help us just to read our words and be obedient to the word. And Lord, as you bring people in our lives, Lord, help us to share what you've done in our lives. And Lord, point them to your word and let your word do what only your word can do to draw people to faith in you. God, I pray that you would allow us to see in our lifetime something miraculous, that you allow us to see in our lifetime nations changed, lives changed, families changed and transformed, people's lives turned and changed forever because you chose to use us as a minister of reconciliation. God, may we submit to your kingdom and your power, your authority forever and ever. Amen.